0: Psych and Spirit, growing one awareness at a time. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Psych and Spirit. I am returning with part two of our discussion of meditation. In the last episode, I discussed some of the myths surrounding meditation, the benefits, and the rare adverse events that can occur occasionally while meditating. I also shared some of the sensations I've experienced while meditating as someone who has meditated off and on for about 17 years. Today we're going to look at the types of meditation, tips on how to meditate, and the methods of meditation. And I will also provide a bonus um, episode which is just a guided meditation and it is a body scan meditation. A quick caveat, types of meditation and their titles will vary wildly by the source you choose. For example, some websites say there are focused meditations, spiritual meditations, Zen meditation, uh, Vipassana meditation, mindfulness meditation, etc. The list goes on and on and on. Each website has their own different um, series of types of meditation. For my purposes, I'm actually just going to talk about the types that are relevant to me and make them, uh, I'm going to put them into categories by their intention or the goal of the meditation. So here are the five types that I will be discussing. The first one is mindfulness meditation. The second one is relaxation meditation. The third is insight meditation. The fourth is spiritual slash healing meditation. And the fifth is compassion meditation. So let's start talking about them and breaking them down. So let's start with mindfulness meditation. Mindfulness meditation is simply meditating to connect with the present moment and letting go of thoughts in a non judgmental way by keeping your attention focused on the present moment. All of the types I meditate, uh, excuse me, all, all the types I meditate on, all of the types of meditation that I mentioned here are going to include probably some form of letting go of thoughts and focusing. So I would argue that mindfulness is the underlying framework for most, if not all of the meditation types. You can maintain present focus through your breath or counting breaths or through being aware of sensations and sounds as you meditate or listening to your breathing but the goal is always to connect with the present moment and that's it mindfulness meditations can be guided but after getting a sense of how to do it you usually want to do it on your own in silence or perhaps with light music if it's not distracting in the peace and quiet you practice observing your thoughts and sensations as they arise and you let them go to return your focus to the present now zen or zazen meditation from ancient buddhist techniques is one form that is similar to mindfulness meditation but requires specific posture and positioning some may argue that zazen is actually a form of insight meditation but given that the focus returns to the breath in the present moment i'm gonna say i think it goes better in this category In addition, staring at a candle or focusing on a word or chanting aloud can go in this category if the goal is to stay present and focus on the present moment through a form of repetitive focus on the sound you make. So in the present, you're focusing on that sound you make or the candlelight, or whatever it is. I'm sure some are gonna disagree with me on that, but I believe that the intention for the meditation is what really kind of makes the specific type. And just as a sort of heads up, these are not mutually exclusive methods. There's a lot of overlap. Mindfulness can be also a relaxation uh, meditation, etc. There's a ton of overlap in these. All right, Re- relaxation meditation has one goal and that is relaxation. This can be guided meditations that encourage you to relax your body or something called a body scan or progressive muscle relaxation exercises. In practice, I sometimes walk folks through body scans when they're struggling with anxiety or feel particularly tense. What is a body scan? It's a meditation in which you guide a person to focus on sensations in each section of their body, one at a time. So they check in with how each part of their body is feeling. And then you encourage them to relax each body part as you go. Progressive muscle relaxation involves tensing one muscle group at a time and then relaxing it so that you can feel the difference between tense and relaxed muscles. And then you can start to regulate your own relaxation response more naturally over time. As I mentioned, most relaxation meditations are guided because the goal is to relax. But you can certainly engage in relaxation meditation silently if you guide yourself through the relaxation process internally. Number three, insight meditation is just as it sounds. The goal is to increase insight or self-awareness out of the three types. I've mentioned so far insight may be considered a perhaps deeper form of meditation that may invoke more of the altered states of consciousness at certain moments, but hopefully increases our understanding of ourselves. Sometimes these meditations can be guided but mostly they're done without guidance. Once you know how to meditate. Vipassana meditation is one such ancient ancient form of Buddhist meditation that encourages meta-awareness or sort of awareness of our awareness and increasing insight into our inner workings of the body, whether physical or maybe even inner workings of the emotions of the mind or spiritual. Vipassana, as we know, as we know it currently involves a several day long retreat to meditate and to dive deeply into yourself. Outside of Vipassana, some people choose to chant a word or phrase to increase insight. Chanting and other forms of focusing on a word, the sound OM or any other sort of focused meditation can be insight meditation if the goal is to increase insight. If you have a specific question you want answered through meditation, and it's not a spiritual question, then I would say you're probably interested in insight meditation. Again, can encourage altered states of consciousness somewhat more so than mindfulness or relaxation, but that's not always true and it sort of depends on the individual. Number four, spiritual meditation slash healing meditation. It's a type of meditation that seeks to connect you with spirituality in some way and can also be a deeper type of meditation like insight meditation. Spiritual connection can be something like connecting with the all or a goddess or a God, a spiritual guide, deepening your intuition, seeking healing, clearing your chakras, connecting with unseen energies or forces, seeking some kind of protection, or answering some kind of spiritual question that you may have. These vary widely in the techniques and styles. One example of a spiritual meditation involves visualizing yourself as a child in a peaceful space and offering your younger self love and compassion as your current self to heal past wounds or shame. Or maybe you chant a phrase and visualize your purpose in life becoming clear to you as you meditate. If you chant a phrase, you stare at a candle, candle, say a word aloud over and over, or listen to a guided meditation to connect with your higher self, all of these can be spiritual meditations if your goal is spiritual in nature. As I mentioned, both insight and spiritual meditations can have deeper, um, deeper states of consciousness, and have a tend to have a deeper purpose. So they, again, tend to be deeper in general. But it should be noted that individual experiences vary. And finally, compassion meditation is a type of meditation with the goal of increasing compassion, and indirectly decreasing anger, indifference or antipathy towards a person or towards people. This is the only type of meditation in which there's really an intention to be more caring toward others. So there's a little bit more of an other focus at times as we focus on our compassion towards them. Loving kindness meditation is the most common form. It is a Buddhist practice that uses a structured approach. First, you direct caring feelings towards yourself, then towards loved ones, then towards acquaintances then towards strangers, then towards someone with whom you experience interpersonal difficulties, and finally, to all beings without distinction. Exercises are most often going to involve repetition of the short phrases like, I wish you peace and joy, or the visualization of light flowing from oneself to others, aiming at generating a feeling of love, loving kindness towards the object of the meditation often, someone guides you in this process because you don't know how to do it yourself. But once you go through the cycle of hearing it a few times, you can guide yourself mentally through it without outside guidance. Those are the types of meditations as categorized by one's goal or the intention for the meditation. Others have their own categories and types, but I tried to keep it pretty simple. And as I said, they're not mutually exclusive. Um, you, can be, you can set out to have a relaxation meditation and then um, some insight pops up or you learn something about yourself and that's, you know, crossing over an insight. So keep in mind that there's a lot of overlap between all of the types of meditation. And looking back, I've experienced all of these types of meditations, and different types appeal to me at different times in my life. As I mentioned in the last episode, I've used several methods, including silence and breath, breathing and movement, guided meditations, chanting, staring at fixed points, repeating the same word over and over, and music, and that's hardly an exhaustive list. And as I mentioned in the last episode as well, I've experienced many interesting sensations, emotions, thoughts, images, memories, and awarenesses throughout my 17 years of practice. Meditation has really changed my life. But as have other tools I've used for self awareness and growth. So let's say you're interested in meditating, but you don't know where to start. Where do we begin? Well, let's start with a few do's and don'ts before we get to the do's because the don'ts can really impede our ability to focus or drop in to meditation. Number one, there's only two of these. Number one, don't set high expectations for each meditation. I cannot emphasize how important this point is. For example, don't go into a meditation thinking, today I want to conquer my anxiety, or today I'm going to get this one question answered that I've been wanting to know about, or today I have to make sure I really de- uh, go deep into this meditation, or today I want this big life question answered. No. I myself have gotten stuck in my own lofty sort of meditation expectations for a long time, and I'm finally coming out of that sort of demanding phase. It's kind of like being a small child saying, I want this, I want that from meditating. And of course we want immediate results. It makes sense or near immediate results because we can get a lot of things immediately in our society. We get pills, food, you name it. And for me, I fell prey to it because I am more experienced in meditation. So I unfortunately started setting higher and higher expectations for each meditation. And I was creating my own mental block and my own powerful resistance that kept me from getting any noticeable benefit out of meditation for a very long time. I got so frustrated and I was disappointed and I thought meditation wasn't working. So I backed away from it for a while. But as stubborn as I have been at times, I have finally come to see that letting go of expectations opens me up to more possibilities of the benefits of meditation without being too attached to the outcome each time I meditate. So you don't want to get too attached to the outcome of the meditation. In fact, some of my most powerful awarenesses and moments in meditation were when I stopped expecting something from meditation and just completely let go and trusted the process without needing something from it. Okay, that said, it is okay to have a long-term goal for meditation. Say, reduce your anxiety over the course of a year maybe, or increase your well-being over time, or increase awareness of your needs, thoughts, emotions, etc, over the course of a year or several months to a year. But just don't expect results to be immediate or you will be frustrated and lose interest in meditation like I did. And don't make the goal too lofty, like I'm gonna annihilate my ego in the next month through meditating. Take it from me, I've had a hard time with this one and I'm not a novice by any means, so we all can fall into the expectations trap. Every single one of us, whether you're a novice or experienced meditator. This is probably the biggest and most critical don't when it comes to meditating, because it will create a lot of resistance, frustration, and disappointment if we can't be patient with the process. The second don't is pretty simple. Well, easier said than done though, right? Don't judge yourself for having a hard time with meditation. At first, as a beginner, or even if you're experienced but having a hard week, or et cetera, things come up in our lives or we even go through phases in which we just can't drop in and be as present as we'd like, even when we try. On a smaller scale, our minds are just geared towards spitting out a bunch of useless information to entertain ourselves or to hook yourself into some kind of story about your life through emotions, memories, etc., popping up. When you're meditating and the thought pops in your head, what am I making for dinner? Or, I have that doctor's appointment Thursday. Or, ugh, I did so badly during that interview. Be gentle with yourself. Thoughts will keep on coming because that is just what they do. In the beginning, your thoughts will run so quickly on their own that you may even forget you're supposed to observe them in a detached way instead of following them. And you may just be following them down the rabbit hole and be like, whoa, where did I go? It may take a while to understand that or to at least even be aware of it. That's okay. It takes time Practice. And again, even for more experienced folks, there are just days when I can't drop into presence as much as I'd like. But I come back the next week or a few weeks later and it's easier. This could even be a day later. It just kind of depends on what's going on. Just try not to judge yourself or your experience. We are all thinkers and we have a plethora of thoughts that just constantly flow through like endless clouds floating in the sky. But as we become more patient, with the process, the clouds become fewer, and the periods between the clouds going by lengthen just a little bit, and give us that beautiful silence. If you lose your focus, just come back to the present moment, and at first you may even have to say, that's okay, I had that thought, but now I am present. You may have to repeat that mentally a hundred times in one meditation, but each time be gentle with yourself because we all do it and our minds are trained to broadcast trash toward us at all times, essentially. So those are the two main don'ts with meditation that can stymie progress or prevent us from continuing on with the meditation practices, right? Don't set high expectations and don't judge yourself. Now let's move on to the tips and tricks. So here's what to do. One, set aside at least 15 minutes for meditation for each sitting, but more if possible. I personally don't find 15 minutes to be enough time, uh, most of the time, and try to go about 30 to 45 minutes myself. But that's a lot of time, so it's okay to start smaller. I would suggest meditating either at the beginning of the day or at the end to start. Some folks feel really clear in the morning and want to meditate then and just start the day fresh, right? And others really love to decompress at the end of the day with a gentle meditation to just let go of the day's events and just release them. Either of those times of day is perfectly fine. Midday meditation is much harder, so I'd suggest doing morning or evening meditations to start. Number two, find a quiet space where you will not be disturbed. That one is self-explanatory number three make sure you are comfortable you do not want your body position to be an added distraction for you in that time because it will the moment you feel your back ache or your neck ache in my opinion you do not need to be in a particular position unless you really want to do some more of the formal buddhist meditations where you know you sit up Uh, with your legs crossed and your hands in your lap and your eyes are half open. I believe you can experience the benefits of meditation from any position that is comfortable. If you need back support, sit in a chair or sit against a wall. Even lie down if it feels comfortable. You can even meditate in bed as long as you are careful not to do it when you are too tired or you will just start to doze off. Also, make sure you're not too hot or too cold, and try not to meditate on a completely full stomach, if your stomach is going to distract you, or a completely empty one if it's growling. Go to the restroom if you need to beforehand. You know, take care of all of your bodily needs. Remember, your mind is going to create all kinds of distractions, and body signals will add to that sort of uh, add to that sort of white noise in your head. We don't need our bodies to start adding more to the mix. Number four, be gentle with yourself and with the process. We've talked about expectations really getting in the way but this is more general advice. Meditating is like a muscle that you have to flex in order to build and strengthen it. How can you expect to be good at it when, you're never, when you've never exercised that muscle before? Remind yourself it will take some time and you're doing your best and that is enough. You will have thoughts that pop up all the time as you meditate but now you will get to watch them and be aware of them and detach. Instead of just ruminating on them or following them down whatever rabbit hole they take you to, gently draw yourself back to presence as needed. Number five, set aside at least twice per week, uh, two times per week to practice meditating if you plan to. That is the bare minimum I would suggest as a goal for someone interested in meditation. Because again, it's like a muscle. If you only work out once a week, your muscle's not gonna get stronger. That's like maintenance. And it's not gonna develop well. It's really kind of the same with meditation. More is better, but everything in moderation. And you have to be realistic about the time you can commit, and maybe those two times, 15 minutes, is all you can do to start, and that's okay. All right, how do you meditate? Let's assume you're a beginner. Some folks find it easiest to start with a gentle guided mindfulness meditation and I think that's probably a great place to start. YouTube is a wonderful resource for guided meditations. It has thousands of free guided meditations on any particular topic, anything. And there's even a ton of uh, free meditation music as well and drumming and, and all kinds of things. So start with a 15 to 20 minute mindfulness meditation and see how it feels. Get into the practice of watching your thoughts, examining them as if you are watching leaves float by in a stream, and then it will come more naturally to you over time. I spent a lot of time discussing the types of meditation and now we're gonna discuss the techniques or the methods. I want you to test some of these out for yourself, whatever feels right to you or appeals to you. Let's go over the common ones briefly. Number one, guided meditations. These can be helpful for beginners, as I just mentioned, if you don't know where to start or you need a voice to guide you and keep you from getting distracted at first. It helps to focus on the speaker's voice and have something to draw your attention initially. However, Even if this is effective for you, I would still suggest meditating in silence or testing out different methods at different times so you're not completely over-reliant on being guided to meditate on your own. That said, guided meditations can be a great starting point. Two, counting breaths. This is also a good one for beginners because it involves a specific focused task, which is counting your breaths over and over. A typical pattern is four, four, seven, which is inhaling to the count of four, holding your breath to the count of four, and exhaling to the count of seven. Now in most meditation counting exercises I've seen, the exhale is always longer than the inhale, which is actually kind of challenging, but very helpful in triggering sort of your body's relaxation response. So it sounds like inhale one, two, three, four, Hold, one, two, three, four, and exhale, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Now some folks find the holding part really difficult. I sometimes can hold my breath, other times it feels too uncomfortable for me, so I sometimes skip the hold and that's okay, and I just do four, seven. Inhale to four, exhale to seven. So do what works for you. You may do a modified form, which is maybe even inhale to four, exhale to six, so that your exhale is still a little bit longer, but not so much longer. It may feel a little bit more comfortable for you at first. But either way, keep counting your breaths for the entire duration of the meditation as much as you can. Or eventually, if your mind starts to become very quiet, you can breathe normally in silence and just be present in the moment after several minutes of doing the counting. However, initially try to count breaths for several minutes first before you sort of go into that silent period. Number three, simply following the breath. This is just observing the process of breathing without trying to change it or alter it, which is part of Vipassana meditation. Noticing the feeling of air in your nostrils, listening to the sounds your body makes as you breathe, Feeling how your stomach or chest expand and contract. This is a mindfulness technique, but it's harder for beginners to master. I will say that. Number four, chants. Some folks love to chant or sing a single word or sound like om over and over and over to drop into presence. Some have specific phrases from religious traditions like Nam Myoho Renge Kyo for Nietzsche and Buddhism, or there's the Gayatri mantra um, in Hinduism, which is something like um, Om Bhavasva Tat Tatsavitur Varinyam Bargo Devasya Dei Mahi diyo Yo Na Prachodayat. But it can be something as simple as saying the word peace over and over again. I was taught the phrase violet fire hearts desire many, many years ago from a self-awareness group that I sometimes um, used as a chant at different times. But regardless of the words themselves, it just needs to be something you can say repeatedly and without effort to focus on. I would argue the words actually don't really matter that much. um, And the more words you have, the harder it's going to be, the harder it is going to be to focus. And uh, here's the thing. I don't think words matter, but Hindu traditions would disagree, so you may not want to use the Gayatri mantra, um, or you may want to explore religious traditions more thoroughly if you do use their specific chants, so that you understand what you're actually chanting and respecting that tradition. But again, feel free to chant a word in English, or just sing a low note over and over if it works for you, or just a sound. Number five meditating with eyes open. Most Buddhas you'll notice are depicted with little droopy eyes partially open. That's how you engage in Zazen or Zen meditation. The eyes are just barely open but and they're relaxed and you are ensuring that you do not fall asleep. That is why you have the eyes partially open. Feel free to look up Zen meditation if you want to learn the rest of the guidelines for body position and the tongue position. You can even meditate with half open eyes staring at a candlelight. That's one approach. One other technique of meditating with eyes open is simply staring at a focal point like a bullseye and breathing. Another more challenging method is staring at two fixed points on a wall or ceiling and trying to simultaneously hold those two different objects or points in your eyesight and your conscious awareness at the same time. That sounds very confusing, so let me break it down. If you have two objects in a room near each other, but not exactly next to each other, you would relax your eyes and try to stare at both objects or points at the exact same time while focusing your attention on both objects at the exact same time. Now, according to cognitive psychology, that's pretty much impossible to consciously hold them in your awareness at at one time. You're switching sets, it's called you're switching attention back and forth. But it actually can lead to a meditative state putting in that effort to try to consciously attend to both points at the same time number six chair breathing this was also a legacy of self-awareness workshops i've attended in the past and it involves breathing and movement you sit in a chair that allows for movement forward and back in the chair, such that your head comes close to your knees if you lean over far enough. You focus on your breathing and you exhale as you move your torso down towards your knees and you inhale as you come back up, touching your back to your chair back if you want. So your breath, is, your breath in is up, your body goes up, breath out is down, your body goes down towards your knees. You just focus on your breath and move your body with the breath as the meditation. And you may wanna do this for a very long time and you may speed it up or slow it down as needed. You might find yourself going really quickly or going really slowly. Sometimes you might feel like releasing a sound upon your exhale, which is perfectly fine. It can be adjusted per your preferences. You do have the potential for some discomfort because it does involve movement. And in fact, I did this in a metal-backed chair, ouch, and ended with some back bruises. But you'll want to do this type of meditation and movement without stopping and see how you feel afterwards. Um, it can bring on a state of really um, beautiful clarity and just feeling really peaceful. This one make me, you may make you feel a bit lightheaded or nauseous, though, if you go too fast. So, again, you kind of have to adjust as needed. Number seven, music. Some folks like a little background music to relax them, such as the gentle sound of rain, a bubbling brook, ocean waves, a forest with birds singing, listening to chanting or singing, etc. I have a personal favorite which is the sound of tuven throat singing and it's very repetitive. The man sings the same musical phrase over and over with no words and it's accompanied by a very light drone and a few other sounds. But those sounds are not distracting. Some folks like to listen to repeated drumming that goes on for hours and has the same beat. My advice with music is to make sure that it's not complicated enough musically that you're pulled out of presence because you're predicting the next chord or the next line in the musical phrase or thinking about the music itself. That is why pop songs or songs with a lot of words or lyrics or complicated musical phrases that are typical in, let's say, classical music are not advised. These things are not gonna be helpful for meditation specifically. You want the music or the sounds to be very, very simple. You don't wanna get caught up in the music. It should only be very light background music or noise that helps relax you and allows you to be present. You wanna just relax and listen to the sounds or the music without attaching to the music or the sound. Number eight, self-guided visualization slash meditation. This meditation type involves having a mental script for yourself and guiding yourself through a meditation to help you relax. For example, if you listen to a meditation about visualizing putting your anxiety away temporarily in a box, and now you want to practice it on yourself via walking yourself through that process mentally, then that is self-guided and involves visualization. Others may use meditation to self guide themselves to awarenesses or healing places, etc. A common self guided meditation technique is to think of a beautiful place that helps you feel at peace and visualize yourself going there and letting go of all of your cares and your worries while you bask in the place that helps you feel relaxed. Common places people like to visualize include a beach, a forest, mountains, etc. The loving kindness meditation can also be self-guided as we discussed. Once you know the script, you can do it on your own in your head as you meditate. You can slowly guide yourself via thinking through the steps if you've heard enough guided meditations. It becomes a lot easier over time. I should note, this is not an exhaustive list by any means, and these are not mutually exclusive. You can use music um, and then also chant, or you, know, you can combine some of these methods. And there are many more methods I just have not covered today. These are just the main ones that I could think of. I've tried all of these methods at one time or another, and as I've said, I've experienced all of the types of meditation that I discussed earlier. I have my favorites at times, and then it shifts and I do something else we're always in a state of flux and sometimes one technique doesn't appeal to us as much at a certain time as another one does you know the beauty of meditation is that there are many ways to experience it not just one the trick is to really find your favorite method for now and use what works now that we've discussed the five types of meditation the don'ts the tips and eight meditation techniques, we've come to the end of the discussion on meditation for now. To recap, in the last episode, I also talked about the myths, the research, and the good, the bad, and everything in between when it comes to meditating. So for today, your homework is to test one of these meditation methods twice in the next week, or the next two weeks. If you don't know where to start, I've included a bonus episode with a brief guided body scan uh, meditation for relaxation to help you get started. In addition, I have some links to meditation music I've put up if you need some background music to help you get relaxed. Please remember meditation isn't easy to master from the start. Hang in there if you feel like your first few meditations were disastrous. Don't set lofty expectations. Start slow. Be gentle with yourself and allow ample time to build this new muscle. It takes time and patience, and a healthy dose of self-compassion. But for some, the benefits will be noticeable over time. Thanks for joining me. Until next time. All content, including music for this podcast, was created, edited, and produced by Larissa Shea Dashton.